you can feel the walls, you know, you can see it all come together, you can stand in the space and that I really like. So whilst it's creative, it's it's there, it's, yeah. you know, I really like that element that you can actually see it all come together. I think the belief in ourselves that we knew that this was going to go somewhere, that was evident to see. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Minutes. And today I am joined by Sammy and Adam Whale from Auburn Interiors. Is that right? I've <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Adam and Sammy are award-winning entrepreneurs, interior designers, property developers, and so much more. So we're really excited to kind of dive into your experience and, and where you are now and where Auburn is going to go moving forward. Um, so starting off, both of you, could you just talk to me a little bit about your journey of kind of where your career started to where you are now? Sammy, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so, bef well, before this, I was actually working in software. Um, so we... We have never had any um, experience in this industry. Adam was a physiotherapist and I was in software in the insurance industry. Um, and actually, it was you that started us off, wasn't it? Seeing a, a, a property course, basically, to get yeah. educated in how to invest. So it's your fault. In property. It's one, so it's Adam's fault, <laughs> yeah. One of this. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a Facebook advert, basically, for a two-hour free seminar, rags to riches kind of story, um, the big sell kind yeah. of thing. And I thought, well... I'd always been interested in property. We watch all of the property programs. Um, George Clark is is quite a a, a favourite of, yeah. of both of us, really, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, and Homes Under the Hammer, and it was like, well, how how are these people getting the money to yeah. do what they're doing? Um, how are they so confident with the end values? And and obviously, you know, it's a TV program, so it's kind of they're only going to show the really good stuff. Yeah. Um, However, yeah, we, we kind of, we missed the first one, didn't we? Yeah. You were poorly. Was I poorly for I the first so. one, yeah. So we went along to this this next one. And the, whilst it was a rags to riches, we kind of connected with the person that was doing it. Um, so either they did a really good job selling or, you know, we saw something in it, I think. That was the main thing. And there was an opportunity then to go on a, a weekend course to get a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. And it kind of just snowballed from there, didn't it? Yeah. And it, the thing with that is, I think the people that we are, we don't go into things without being fully educated, fully knowing okay, what we're yeah. doing. Um, so whether we'd have ever actually ended up in property without some sort of education, I don't think we would have. No. So it was nice to have, yeah, just that kind of basic knowledge of all the different strategies. And yeah. And it's you can get caught out so easily in property if you don't know all of the regulations and um with we do HMOs, so with those you need a license and there's all of the conditions that you have to meet. Um, and then with any renovation, there's building control conditions yeah. that you have to meet. So there's just so much to know. And I think without all of that, we just I just don't think we'd have ever, ever took the plunge, would we? No, we've we've said that before. You know, if, certainly if we didn't have that education, we wouldn't have bought a property and certainly not in the way that we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and yeah. soft you say say some of you were in software. How does that translate, if at all, to interior design? So, I, what, what's the kind of transferable skills transferable of software skills. to interior design? <laughs> so interestingly, my role in software was very much, um, I kind of say, a, almost like a technical project manager. Yeah. So I was a technical business analyst. So my job was to work with the clients, so work with the brokers, find out what they wanted our software to do. So we had an interface, but we can then... We then build products within that. Um, we build all of the ratings and we built all of the um all of the 
pricing and then they can edit how it all looks and what questions they need and things. So my job was very much working with them. What requirements do they have? Changing that then into code so that the developers can then develop it for us and really then running the project. So I would get it back, test it, do all of the configuration, do all of the internal testing and then manage the external testing with the client. Um, And that kind of project based role is still very similar. So I still work with my clients. I still get their requirements. I still have to kind of take their requirements and then put that into actually how is that going to then work in the property? How is that going to work with if it's a HMO with the regulations or with if it's the business and there might be some commercial elements to it? Um, and then, yeah, kind of putting it all together towards the end. Um, so have you always been kind of interior design? Has that always been a part of you? So even before the software job or is it kind of that's more of the love you found later on? Definitely a love that I found later on. But I've always been creative, which you wouldn't know. I did maths and computer science at uni, so completely the opposite. But I've always loved art when I was younger. Um, Yeah, I've always, always loved music. For example, I play piano and guitar. Um, And I think when we went into property, it was just kind of like, okay, I can actually do something that I really enjoy that is really creative. And it felt I don't know what it is about having an actual house, an actual building that's tangible. Yeah. You can feel the walls, you know, you can see it all come together. You can stand in the space and that I really like. So whilst it's creative, it's it's there, it, yeah. you know. I really like that element that you can actually see it all come together. Fantastic. And Adam, do you want to go through your kind Yeah, of... so from physio-wise, I went straight from, you know, school to A-levels to uni. Um, I decided at a young age, probably 15 or so, had an issue with my knees. Um, which kind of hindered my tennis career. I was quite good at um, quite good at things with me. <laughs> um, I was. Would you would you have been like level. Andy Murray? No. <laughs> no. Well, anything is possible. That's the thing. Um, but at the at the level that you know my knees kind of came in, um, I don't think there was that kind of potential. I would have liked to have done it. Don't don't get me wrong. If I if I ever get to walk on the Wimbledon centre court just as a, I don't know, some sort of trophy match or, <laughs> you know, anything is possible. But um, the injury that I had or the, the stuff that I've got going on, um, I went to see a chiropractor and really liked what they were doing. And I just had that interest. I've always had an interest in the human body. Um, and it was my mum, actually, because I said, oh, I'd, I'd quite like to do that as a, as a job. And my mum said, well, why don't you look into physio? Because it's a little bit more um, recognised as an N- in the NHS. Yeah. So potentially career options might be a bit easier. Um, so I did. I was a bit naive, to be to be completely honest. Um, I kind of thought about all of the, you know, the sports therapy, the sports side of physio, the outpatient side of physio. But I didn't really think about the neuro side, people that have had strokes, yeah. um, heart attacks, that kind of side. Um you know, breathing conditions and things like that. Um, so I, t- I turned up to uni thinking that it would be a lot more orientated towards that side. And I was blown away, to be to be completely fair, I was blown away by the whole thing um, and, and loved it, really, really loved it. And I kind of, I did, I worked my way up to managing, I think we had nearly 20, 22 people that, that I was managing both physios and OTs in an orthopedic setting. So new knees, new hips, new shoulders, back operations, um, 
toes, feet, and things like that. Just just generally <laughs> anything orthopedic. Very we would, we would be um, we would be managing, um, and I loved it. I, I think the my my head got swayed by that Facebook ad, and then it kind of all snowballed from there. We were buying property during my last couple of years, and it got to the point where I'd be getting calls during the day, during patient time. Um, you know, lunch times would be just calls or emails and trying to get things over the line, or what's that refer progressing like? Um, and it, it, it got a bit unmanageable. Yeah. And I thought either we continue and I do, you know, full time in, in this and then part time in property, or maybe I apply for part time. So I did and um, actually got not laughed out of the office, but basically my boss said straight away that I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Um, and a week later, I handed my notice. In. So it kind of made the decision. It, for you. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that was a leap of faith, though, wasn't it? It was a risk. Absolutely, yeah. it was definitely a risk. Um, leap of faith. I think the belief in ourselves that we knew that this was going to go somewhere um, that was evident to see. One thing I remember at the time was that we were starting to plan. We were married. We were starting to plan when we were going to have kids. Yeah. And we kind of just looked at both of our hours and we're like, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. I, I worked in central centre of Birmingham, um, eight till five. So I wouldn't have been able to drop the kids off because I had to leave just after seven, I think, didn't I, to get in. And yeah, by the time I got back, it was after six. So mm-hmm. there's no way I would be able to do any of the drop off. So it would all be on Adam, who then worked condensed hours yeah. over like four days. So we'd have had to get someone literally to take our child to nursery and yeah. back. So the plan actually of the plan actually of kind of leaving the jobs and, and creating all of them um really was to create a successful successful business but for you to allow you to have the lifestyle of growing a family and, and building a family and kind of enjoying everything at once really. Yeah. Which that's an amazing thing to be able to, to do. Absolutely. That was that is still the the dream, isn't it? You know, we've yeah. we've we've built a business and we've got some flexibility, yeah. um, which is lovely. We take we take Lottie to school. She's just started school this year. Um, we take Rosie to nursery, and whilst we do we rely heavily on our parents at the moment in relation to you know there are some pickups that, that they do um, and sleepovers and things like that to allow us to go networking or yeah. you know go on training days but at the same time there's that flexibility to um you know be with them for, for the times that are special as well yeah um, which is that's, that's what it's all about. incredible thing yeah. so when you had your full-time job you, were, you started purchasing properties at that point obviously then you said you saw this facebook ad and you started to do the courses and then that sort of stuff what kind of education did you have before you started buying your first properties? Because that was before the courses. Well, no, the courses came first. Okay, so the courses came before yeah. the, so while you were working. Yeah. So they, all of the courses were kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'd just take some annual leave, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And it would be fine. And it was, yeah, with certainly without those kind of courses, those, those trainers kind of pushing, pushing people to, um, you know, make sure they've got the numbers right, make sure they're purchasing correctly, make sure they're buying uh, right and kind of making making the money when the the purchase of the property is not not when not, you know, kind of hoping, not for kind of hoping for the best result yeah. ever. Um, 
and making sure that the numbers were as tight as, as they could be. And, and obviously, you, you either try and kill the deal with massive interest rates on mortgages or your refurb goes over budget by 50 grand, 50 grand or something. Um, and I guess it was that that taught us that you know things will go wrong. There will always be, yeah. even if a refurb's going really, really smoothly and you've got everything sorted and the design right and, and everything beforehand, there's still going to be stuff that you don't know um, that, that, that crops up. So it was, so yeah. For, for people listening that are perhaps interested in going into the property world, obviously you're now focused on HMOs. Would you say that kind of starting out, that's probably not the right thing to do? Would you just start on buying kind of property to kind of buy and then do up and sell? What kind of advice would you give to kind of people that want to get into property right now? I think what worked for us was we we purchased ours for cash flow purely because that's what we needed um in relation to the goal that we had um and that flexibility in the time you know we live in a world that is or certainly a country that's governed by you know money to to be able to do things so um we needed that to replace the income that we were getting from our jobs um to, to give us that flexibility so the cash flow was definitely something that we focused on. Um, and we went straight for HMOs, small ones to begin with, and, and then we've increased in size. Um, and that's not for everyone. And certainly with the HMO comes a lot of, as Sammy said, rules and regulations on the, on the refurb side. There's rules and regulations on the tenant side. Uh, they tend to be a little bit more difficult to manage, um, tend to get a lot more maintenance um, and, and things that, that goes on. but for us, it was definitely the, the right thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think I would say, firstly, yeah, know, know what you want from it. So whether that's big bits of cash to pay for holidays, whether that's kind of more consistent cash flow, know what's going to come with each strategy. So if you're thinking about doing holiday lets, for example, they're a lot more work. So look into actually not just the money at, for the deal initially, but actually what that then looks like yeah. for your time going forwards. Um, be part of an association. So the NRLA um, is a landlord's association that has loads of information. You do have to pay for the membership, but then you get so much, loads yeah. of free templates and everything. So um, yeah, kind of sticking with reputable brands, I think is important. And then we're looking nowadays because we, when we started, that course was kind of the only real option to get educated. Yes, there was free content there. Yes, there were YouTube channels, but Again, you don't know what information to trust when everybody's kind of saying different things. Um, but a lot of the education companies now do kind of like a monthly rolling or they have, you know, it's all gone online. So they've got online portals with loads of videos and things. So there's actually so much more that you can learn now for much cheaper. Um, but do your research on the brands that you're trusting and whoever you're learning from um, and make sure that they are doing what they're telling you to do yeah. because especially because the i mean the industry changes so quickly we've seen that we've only been in the industry for seven years now and in that time it's already changed you know the last couple of years with interest rates now going back up it's a completely different yeah. game again um so if whoever you're learning from isn't in there doing it then their information is suddenly going to be very out of date quite quickly so yeah, definitely do research. And I suppose you're in a unique position because obviously you're the interior designer as well. Obviously you, you can purchase properties, you can design it yourself and mm -hmm. you kind of the full package really. Um, 
can you just provide the interior only service for other developers as well? How does kind of that side of the business work? Yeah, so most of our clients actually do have just the interior side. Um, and to be fair, we, we're not buying right now, but if we were, we would use sourcing agents because, again, then you can lean on their knowledge, yeah. um, which I guess is another piece of advice as well, is, is lean on other people that are doing it and, and outsource what you can, especially if time is tight. Um, but yes, we. It, I think what's quite nice about our service is that because we're in it, we know all of the regulations and things, but we can also help with steering. Um, for example, if you're doing a flip and you're aiming at a certain demographic, then we can actually help with that as well. We're not just going to create yeah. one nice interior, always really pretty. We're actually looking at how is that then going to be used? Who's going to be living in it? How are they going to be living in it? Is it going to be for holiday rental? Is it going to be to sell? Um, and all of that then kind yeah. of feeds into the interiors that we do. And for those that aren't familiar, the term flip, what do, you so mean, what do you mean by flip? So flip means you buy, you do it up and then you sell it on. Okay. Um, HMO is house of multiple occupancy, yeah, and holiday let is like your, your Airbnb. Yeah, and that's obviously, so would, would you in that instance then do, would it be more staging or would it be kind of the full interior design kind of process? Um, so yeah, with a, with a flip, so with that we would do, we design the kitchen and the bathroom. We do what, we have a colour consultancy service, so that's very much just paint colours. And then it's, for a normal house, it would then be how do you then get your furniture to match that colour scheme. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, if we're working with an investor, it would then be, we could then stage it to fix, to, to fit that colour scheme. I always think like, I don't know why, but I always think it's like staging is a, like a very kind of American thing. It, I think I it is. I don't know why that is. It's just something I think in the UK you never really hear of. But Yeah, it's a... It's certainly growing in this country, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's a lot that goes on in Australia and and America, but yeah, and it's growing here because um, you, I mean, obviously the last three years aren't really anything to go by in terms of property sales. <laughs> they've, they've gone through the roof, but um, when properties are maybe struggling, they're sticking on the market. Um, it's one of those that staging a property will improve or assist. A potential buyer with their imagination and they can imagine that they're living there um imagine that oh this is a this is a double bed so we definitely know that our double bed's going to fit there um you know the, going down as far as um the the place settings so oh, we've definitely got enough people around the table kind yeah. of thing the family can get get together around here it's, it's about making the house look lived in just minus the damp towels and <laughs> I suppose it gives it, it gives a good perception of scale as well because yeah. when you're in an empty room it's very hard to it's really right. hard it fe always feels smaller doesn't it until you actually yeah. get the furniture and you're like oh actually all of this fits and Adam we were at an event recently and you mentioned some a stat that kind of blew me away when we, we talked and that was about staging wasn't it in terms of how that can help the sale of a property and yeah so if if a house is professionally staged then you're likely to get anywhere from between seven and ten percent more than your asking price yeah. uh, based on people coming around that imagination but multiple people coming around and then obviously getting people which is phenomenal right? it's a great stat yeah. really um and i mean pres presumably you know obviously that's not a free service staging is not free but presumably the seven to ten percent that you get back 
far outweighs any cost associated with the service itself. Yeah, with the majority of houses. The thing is, you think about when you're selling a house, the first thing that you do, if it's not selling, what's the first thing that you do? You drop the price, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Usually by five to ten grand. So our staging for the majority of houses is cheaper than five grand. It's usually more like the three to four. So before you think about reducing your asking yeah. price by five grand, why not try staging? Yeah. I mean, and as business people as well, I've done a lot of research on marketing. So we don't have anyone do our marketing. We do it all in-house, which meant that we had to obviously learn how to do all of that from scratch. So I've read a few books <laughs> and I've kind of learned how to market our business. And we put a lot of effort into that. But then you find that investors, property investors are doing these flips and they're missing that last element. They're yeah. not marketing their property right. They they might just pay for a f professional photographer but usually it's just done through the estate agent yeah. and then they're hoping you know they've got this inflated price in their mind that they think they're going to get which is mad because they've spent all that time and investment in getting it to that point yeah absolutely. it's almost like one of the most important things is just like show it ignored. off yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely show yeah you you've it might have done an extension and increased and created this amazing kitchen living dining but all people have seen is an empty property yeah, yeah. It's crazy, really, to just miss that last step. Obviously, the last two, three years, it's, it's been a very challenging time for the property market. Um, how has that impacted you, you guys in general in terms of the business? And kind of, again, is this a time where you just shouldn't buy because of interest rates? What's kind of your advice to people, A, that are looking to kind of invest in property, but also just perhaps looking to buy their first property? Is now the, the wrong time to do it? What kind of advice can you give on that kind of? In way and how people can navigate it. I think that the right time to buy if you haven't bought is now. So, but you know, next week it would be the right time. Next year it would be the right time. <laughs> if you haven't bought anything, now is the right time. Um, I don't necessarily think that we're going to see an awful lot of, um, well, certainly we've had a lot of time with the lower interest rates and actually we're, 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 we're higher than kind of normal aren't we but we're kind of set to come down to a reset that was prior to all of the lower interest rate rates that we've yeah. had so if you look at it over history it's it it's not as high as we think it's really high because it's all we've ever known yeah but if you look at yeah, it, it when you high, extend the yeah. map out it's yeah. it's not really um so in that respect it's always a good time to buy because you don't really know you could there's a lot of metrics that you can look at to see what the market is doing um but now is the right time to buy but the, the most important thing is your strategy because if you if you've if you haven't got a strategy then you might just buy a property you don't know um then what you're necessarily going to do with the property um the, the strategy informs where you're going to purchase your property as well um and then when you've got the area the actual property will inform or at least your requirements for the property will inform what properties you go out and view um so it's it's, it's all about the, the the strategy at the end of the day. So I guess once you've once you've got that, you need to run the numbers and make sure that the numbers are making sense. And once you've got the numbers and they do make sense and they do work, it's almost you have to try and kill it. You have to try and make it not work. And you get yeah. to a certain interest rate or a certain amount of refurb, and it just knocks it out. Yeah. And then it's deciding what your risk profile is. <coughs> if you've got a high risk profile, you probably still go for it but if you've tried to you know if you've tried to kill it and it's still kind of getting back up and working then 
at least you can go in confident knowing that your offer price will be yeah um, it will work if you then go yeah. on to go on to get the deal by kill it you mean Stress test. Stress testing it until it's literally not viable. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and saying what, what if I refurb yeah. doubled? So yeah. yeah, we'd say always have a twenty percent contingency on any refurb figure, just yeah. in case. For you guys, then, kind of going back to kind of why you set up the business, and you know, you wanted to be a successful business, but also a lifestyle for the family. What does success look like for you guys in the future? I think we're, I think we've got I different think, views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so one at a time, then. <laughs> so, so for me, um, it's the it's the option um, and the choice and the time. Um, I think freedom is quite a good word, um, and it, so so that we can spend that time with the people yeah. that that we love um, and have the have that. That, that choice to spend that time as well um kind of have that in i guess it, it makes me think and i get quite emotional with with thinking about it because it's a big why and and you know the, the reason that we started the whole property thing was to do with our unborn family at the time um we'd gone through a, a miscarriage and we'd gone through a lot of things to to get these beautiful um beautiful two girls that we've got um and it just kind of strengthens the the why so it, it is to spend the spend the time doing old experiences new experiences um and, and having the choice to do that kind of whenever we want to um and I've, I've said before but we live in a society that you need money to to do that so whilst whilst um you know the, the millions and millions of pounds would be nice I, I do also understand that it's not essential yeah um we need enough to be financially independent and, and secure that way um on the on the flip side of that i do want cars and i do i do want to build my own house <laughs> yeah so no, we do agree with that that would be the dream yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We definitely. both want to build our own house. Um, so, are you going to be on Grand Designs when you build it? Fingers crossed. <laughs> me and Kevin. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, or it would be the old old house new home with George. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. George is a firm favourite. So, um, so yeah. For for me, I I do have some material aspirations as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's frowned upon in terms of. I don't know. People don't necessarily want to admit that they I, I want think all it, stuff. I, I think it's more about the admitting, it, um, isn't it? I think everyone. Yeah. But I do. I, I, you know, now that I've got a Porsche Paycan in my in my memory bank, that's all <laughs> I'm seeing. Um, and like, so I suppose, like, because you, you, I think you've said on a few occasions, you're both very strategic led, so you go into everything with a strategic plan. Yeah. Kind of the success for you, will it be like a number of properties or a number of tenants? Does that kind of, is that kind of ever in the plan or is it kind of a. I think number of tenants, probably not. Um, I think we've. We have a, an amount per month, don't we, that yeah. we know that we need that would cover. We cover everything that we need. For example, it would pay our bills, it would pay our mortgage, it would pay for holidays for us so that we could go away with the girls. But then it would also cover things like paying for a holiday for all of our family to come along, paying off your mum and dad's mortgage, um, 
giving a, a good amount to charity every month. So literally everything that we could possibly think of yeah. that we'd want to be able to do. Um, and your nice car. <laughs> <laughs> That's in there. Let me down on the list, that one. And that is fine. You know, for me, I, I, you know, I wouldn't get the car over having an experience with the girls or with the family. Um, That's that's not what I mean. It's just, it it is in there. And do you think the girls will ever kind of take over the business one day? Do you think think their future may be in property or? I'm not sure. Yeah. It'd be nice if they did, but my mum's got a business and I'm not taking it over, (laughs) but my brother is, but, um, it would be nice for them to have the option to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when they go to uni to be able to buy them a student house to have their friends in and know that they're in a nice house because yeah. I've seen the standard of <laughs> rental well, that, accommodation that was, that was for students. Well, it? it was yeah. always a big thing. So so my kind of success is both the personal side and we do agree on everything really other than the materialistic. I don't, I don't really have anything like that that I want other than a nice house that we can entertain in yeah. and really enjoy um but a big thing for me is actually being able to give back so for interiors that looks like being in a position where we have the profit to be able to offer interior services either for free or really subsidized to charities so that for example social housing projects could have us on board to create a nice interior um without having to pay for it because the money isn't there in those sorts of deals to yeah to spend on the interior design um, and the same for charities, for businesses, being able to, I don't know, do a nice office up for a charity. Um, and so to be able to give back in that way. Um, but then the other side of it is um, basically being able to have a bigger impact on the rental market. So it's something that we've always done. All of our houses are really high spec. They're lovely houses to live in. You, some people will think of HMO and they think drug den, they think <laughs> antisocial behaviour. We were speaking to a police officer yesterday, weren't we? Mm. A, a client's project. They they were just in the neighbourhood, but he was saying that you know HMOs of a certain size tend to get that sort yeah, of. Yeah. And we were stood there like, well, not ours. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. We've always wanted to to be the change almost that we want to see in the industry. So to have that high spec HMO that people actually want to live in, that that everyone deserves a nice house, and just because someone can't afford to buy or rent their own house on their own, it doesn't mean that they should live in an awful one um so we kind of see that every landlord that we're working with we always do an element of education so they might come to us initially and they don't really want to spend much money on it but we can help them with some of our cheaper products um but the hope is that eventually we kind of educate them on both that you know this is someone's home but also there are financial benefits to you as well you know it's it helps both it's, it's very much a win-win um but if we can work with more and more landlords to increase the um what's the word the standard increase the standard of living for more people then that for me is a massive success i think it's incredible that you know you want to bring back to the community you know as the business grows bring that back in terms of like the social housing and be, be able to support the community and and i suppose you'd be able to ex, you know expand your knowledge onto other people right and that's that's, that's yeah that, what you want yeah to definitely what piece of advice would you you both kind of if you both answer individually what kind of piece of advice would you give to kind of anyone looking to go into property following kind of your footsteps what what would your one piece of advice be to them i think the biggest thing is education whatever form that might take it it might be a, an education company it might be a subscription it might be online 
It might be from the multiple networking events that run in the evenings. Um, just get yourself as educated as you can be before then. You know, you can still view properties, you can still run the numbers, um, but until you're educated, you don't truly know exactly the way to go about it. Um, so education is, is the biggest piece of advice for me. And for you, Sonny? So for someone getting started, I'd say... Um don't overanalyze everything. So that's something we did in the beginning. We got the education, we got all of the numbers, and then we went round and round and round in circles. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't and like it, putting the calls in. <laughs> at some point you've just got to take the leap and go, yeah, no, yeah. that's my offer price. You've got a you know a limit that you don't want to go above and you've just got to go for it yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> that sounds like a sound piece of advice. Um so for for, for those listening, um and perhaps want to find out more. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't mind supporting people if, if they've got questions or advice. How's the best people? How's the best way people can find out about kind of you guys? LinkedIn website. What, how can people find more about you guys? So LinkedIn is our names. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you Samantha or Sammy? Sammy. Yeah. That's my name. <laughs> well, I know that, but you know, sometimes official. You get all official sometimes. Um, so yeah, Sammy Whale and Adam Whale on LinkedIn. Uh, we are at Auburn. Are we just Auburn, Auburn on Facebook? Auburn dot interiors. Auburn for Instagram and Facebook. We know who does the marketing. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, that's probably the best way. Is uh, our Instagram profile is probably the best way. So that's Auburn dot um, And on there we've got a link that has kind of links to our website. It's got links to. Um, We've got different free content for people that are getting started on there. So that's probably the best route. Fantastic. Well, we've come to the point now where we've got a little bit of a feature called uh, LinkedIn or linked out. Um, so basically, there's just going to be a couple of questions. I, it's, this is usually easier with one person. So <laughs> if, if um, Sammy, you go first. So you you do your answer and then I don't know if you can quickly give your answer afterwards. But we just give two options and you just say which one is more you. Let's hope you all have the same answer. <laughs> um, so, Zoom or in the room? In the room. Meal prep or lunch out? Lunch out. Lunch out. Yeah. DIY or I know a guy? I know a guy. <laughs> DIY. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Coffee. <laughs> Property flip or cruising on a ship? Oh. Cruising on a ship, sorry. I'm going to do the flip together. True, both. both yeah. uh, 100 grand or invest in land? Oh, 100 grand. Pause or a wine time? Pause. I'd go. Yeah. Email or voice note? Email. I'm trying to do more voice notes. Yes. I'll say voice yeah, yeah, yeah. Note. Oh, you, you did a good voice note for me. It's just the easiest way to communicate, isn't it? Early bird or night owl? Interior design or pass me the wine? Can I do both? Can I have a glass of wine whilst doing it? It's one or the other, I'm afraid. Interior design then. Yeah, I I think I'd do this. I don't drink wine, so. Unless it was a beer, maybe. Uh, There we go. That was our LinkedIn intel. That was was fun. I really enjoyed that. So, thanks guys for joining this week's episode. I think. Your story is inspirational. I think what you're doing is incredible. And I can't wait to see more about you guys and Auburn all over the internet as we <laughs> move forward. And, and, and then you're driving your Porsche. 
Absolutely. Thank you for having us. So thanks for coming and um hopefully people enjoy this episode. Thank you. Indeed.